Hey everyone, welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend the best in queer TV, film, fiction, and more. I am Tara Scott, and I review queer women's fiction at the Lesbian Review, Smart Bitches, Trashy Books, and Lambda Literary. And I'm Chris Bryant, a contemporary romance writer with almost 20 books about women loving women. And my next book comes out in a couple weeks. Woo! Go pre-order it. It's available for pre-order everywhere. What is it called again? It's called Forever. Yes. It's called Forever. I am so sorry. I should know this by now. You but should. the problem is I keep mixing up your title for this forthcoming book with your title <laughs> from your last book that came it's out. It's hard. Yeah. It's always which is called Forever. Oh. <laughs> always Forever. <laughs> And then serendipity, so there's, and I have stranded hearts. There's a lot going on this year. This is a big year. It's true. It's true. I feel like we should give listeners a heads up for folks that have been with us for a long time. I think you all know what happens when we record on a Monday evening instead of a Sunday morning. And guess what? We're recording on a Monday evening again. So that means. Chris drove all day. I did. works all day. (laughs) So we don't know what's going to happen. I don't think we're going to be able to pull this off. Nah, we will. Yes, we, we will. will. <laughs> we will. We just might be a little bit loopy. Right. It. It's like this episode of Curly Recommended is brought to you by cat herding. <laughs> because, yeah, will we be able to pull off another episode <laughs> and stay on point? Yes. yes. And oh, I say no. no because, yes, I had the 10 hour drive. And also, um, so driving through the Midwest, there are mm-hmm. more. I've, I, this is interesting. There are more coyotes. Okay. Resting on the side of the road than there are deer, which is new for me. It's usually. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's super weird. That's... Is that a time of year thing, or that's? I, I just... don't know. I mean, I guess I haven't really driven cross country in April, end of May type thing, so I really don't know the answer to that. I'm just. It's very unusual, though. I I, I don't know what that is. Maybe people know. I don't know what that is. That's super weird. Yes. So. So. If you would like to support our show, we do have a Ko-fi link in the show notes. It's a site that allows people to support their favorite content creators like us. And if you're interested, that's amazing. If not, that's okay too. The other best way to support the show always is to tell a friend. So if you need a friend who needs more queer media in their life, please shoot them a link and maybe suggest that they have a listen. Yes. And or give us a review, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have reviews. Yes. We accept reviews. We love reviews. (laughs) We do. It's true. So, Chris, yes, you speaking of driving all day, so you just yes. had a pretty exciting trip. Do you want to tell everybody all about it? I had an amazing trip. I went to Urpapalooza, the final Urpapalooza in <gasps> Columbus, Ohio. Yeah, that's it. This is it. It's over. Why? Because the show is over. And so the actors are finding, you know, jobs elsewhere. You know, they have different shows they're working on. So it's real hard for them to stay together and plus the show you know unfortunately Winona Earp is no longer I mean I'm pretty sure the 100 is done but Klexicon still remains that's true that's true but I think that particular location uh Urpapalooza is mm-hmm. done I mean there's so many different ones mm-hmm. there's you know Erpcon and there's just a bunch of different ones and so I feel like oh okay yeah so there's I think there's one up in Canada it's, I think it's called Acon Acon <laughs> You should uh-huh. know all about that. Yeah. So anyway, so yes, yeah, so I went to Urpapalooza 
And I have been there before as a as an attendant, you know, so mm-hmm. I got to sit in on the panels and do the meet and greets and I actually had dinner uh, with the uh, the cast last time. And so this time I decided I'm going to be a vendor. Mm-hmm. So I had a booth uh, where I got to sell my books. So it was interesting because there were only six vendor tables. Oh, yeah. Only six of us. And we were up on the second level, but we could look down below and see what was going on, like in the rest of the con. So mm-hmm. like all the photo ops that people were, were having with taking with the cast, we got to see, and it was just really cool. So it warmed my little erper heart. Fun. And did I yes. see on Twitter that a cast member bought one of your books? <laughs> so, this is so funny. It was Friday night and it was at the end. Everybody was gone and the vendors, we had to stay open for an extra, you know, half hour after the last panel or something like that. My awesome vendor neighbor, she was talking to a a guy, a dude, and I'm like, well, he's going to walk right past me because, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't get a lot of dudes that buy my books. I was busy planning out my next book. I'm like, and so all of a sudden this man comes over and he stands in front of me. I don't even look at him. I'm thinking that he is going to keep walking by and he stops. So I see that he stops in front of me. So I close my laptop and he's like, what's your most popular book? Now, this person is dressed all in black, has a black Mm -hmm. cap and is wearing a mask. Could be Mm -hmm. anybody, right? Totally. So I said, well, my bestseller is probably Temptation. And he goes, I'll take it. And so I look up, I go, really? And he's like, yeah. I go, great. And I go, who should I make this out to? And he goes, Tim. <laughs> and I go, I look at him and I go, stop it. Because <laughs> in it, I was like, okay, it's Tim. It's Doc Holiday is, is up here mm-hmm. buying my book. And so I just laughed. I just laughed so hard. And I said, you know, we took a picture back in 2019 and my mom loves it, you know, because he had his the Doc Holiday hat, you know, his mm-hmm. cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. So I got a picture and I'm wearing his hat and, I, and my mom just absolutely loves him. She just thinks he's the most gorgeous thing ever. And he is. He's a very attractive man. Mm-hmm. So I told him, I said, you know, my mom still talks about you. She just thinks that you're the greatest thing. And he's like, well, you tell your mother I said hello. So cute. I know. So then I went downstairs the next day and I got a, uh, a selfie with him and I had him sign a picture of his character in Schitt's Creek, Mutt. I had him oh, sign yeah. Yeah, to <laughs> yeah. my mom. Yeah. So he has like Mutt Hearts Renata, my mom's name. So it was so, so adorable. cute. Yeah. And he, t- so he, so I go over to him, you know, and he's like, Hey, I started your book. I just wanted you to know I started your book. And he has, I have some time. So when I'm done with it, I'll reach out to you. No so way. How sweet. Yes. How sweet is that? That's pretty it was a very cool. amazing, amazing con. It really was. And so, so here's my recommendation like another recommendation that I have. Mm-hmm. I think any queer person who hasn't really found their place or their people, I think they should go to conventions like Urpapalooza, Urp Expos, or larger events like Comic-Con. And there's a, the Fan Expo in Philadelphia this mm-hmm. year. And there's, of course, Clexicon, which mm-hmm. I can't even tell you why I'm so sad about Clexicon this year. It's, it's in Anaheim this year. And it's at the time that I have my family from Germany over. Oh, no. So I don't know how I'm going to wing this. I don't know how I'm going to do this. But so if you watch TV shows with queer content, mm-hmm. 
most likely those actors are going to probably be at some of these events. And the people, I'm not even kidding. There's so much love at these conventions and everybody makes you feel so welcomed and they go out of their way to help you with anything. I had several readers come up to me, Robin, you know, she came up and she's like, anything you need, you know, do you need coffee? Do you need me to run, do something, get you some lunch? You know, even my, my vendor mate was just super sweet and very kind. 99% of the convention was amazing. Mm -hmm. So I recommend anybody who hasn't found their people, but they watch queer TV shows, that might be a good place to start because you could, it's a safe space. You can yeah. be yourself 100%. And that is one thing I noticed that there is just so much love. Even if you don't, if you are standing alone, people will come up to you and talk to you because they want you to be a part of this family. And that is one dynamic I love about the conventions. So, and we all cried. All day Sunday, everybody cried. Aww. So would you say, would you make a similar recommendation of, say, if there are people that are not into as much like the TV shows and movies, but they're big, big readers, would you give a similar recommendation to say go out to GCLS or go out to Women's Week or any of those For kinds sure. of events? For sure. I 100% agree with that. GCLS is good if you have, because I think mostly all of the publishing companies go to GCLS, if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken. Yeah, the indie lesbic presses for sure. Right, exactly. Whereas P-Town, I think they have just a handful of publishing companies that really mm -hmm. like push that week. But it's just, it's the same thing there. I mean, without a doubt, like P-Town, GCLS, if I see somebody sitting there, I will talk to them. Like just mm -hmm. somebody off to themselves, you know, and don't be afraid to talk to us. Like, don't be afraid to come up to us and talk to us and say, hey, you know, mm -hmm. we like your books or whatever. It's, it's, this is a, uh, we try to promote a very loving environment as well. Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. So I do. I recommend if you are a reader, for sure, go to GCLS. It's a shorter trip and there's a lot going on. There's a lot of different panels. A lot of people are on panels about different things. Mm -hmm. There's readings. So I, I would say I would recommend GCLS first if you haven't. I still haven't. Oh, my like, God. Are you going to come down? What? I will at some point. <sighs> Where is it this year again? Isn't it somewhere stupidly hot? It's. Well, yeah, but I mean, nothing stupidly hotter than Vegas in July, but this is Albuquerque. <laughs> Albuquerque in July. It's going to be pretty hot, too, but... Can't it be in, like, Denver ever? <laughs> yes! It's going to be in Denver next year. All right. All right. I'll probably go next year, then, because that's actually not that far from me. That's a super quick flight. Good. Okay. We heard it here first. Somebody is committing. Oh! Oh, I forgot to tell you. Also, while I was at the uh, Arpapalooza, I had a couple of people tell me that they listened to this podcast. <gasps> what? Yes. I had queerly recommended pins. Yeah. Because that's a place where everybody puts pins. So, yeah. So I have these cute little round or square queerly recommended pins and people are like, oh, I listen to your, to your podcast. That's amazing. Come on. That's amazing. That's amazing. I really Thanks, lovely listeners. That's such yes. good news. So cute. I love it. I do too. Do you have questions for us? What did you find out from Twitter? What do people want to know? All right. So we got two questions from Rebecca Reads WLW on Twitter. And her first question is, what trope would you like more of in 2022? Definitely we need more celebrity romances. Celebrity romances. 
Yeah, I think there were like a bunch of them that came out three years ago. It was almost, I, I don't know. I feel like it's almost like all the authors, you're going to tell me I'm wrong because I know I'm wrong, but it feels like all the authors got together and they're like, this is the season. We do. For <laughs> we draw romance. <laughs> yeah, right? That's at we're the special author hoops. convention. <laughs> That's one of the, it's a secret panel. It's a secret, it's a secret thing at GCLS where you're like, okay, what are we all writing this year? (laughs) No, no, no. But I remember a few years ago, there were like a bunch of celebrity romances and then there haven't been that many since then. So I agree. I would like to see that one come back. Yeah. Goodness. I mean, you and I were talking about this a little bit before we started recording and I have a hard time with this question because for me, I don't know. I love, I love tropes. I really, really love them. And so I made a crack about like, what about secret babies? I want more secret babies and less fic. How does that work? I don't know. I don't care. (laughs) And then it's like, can we pull in some of the ones from fanfic? Can we get more only one bed scenarios or coffee shops? But really, the thing for me is like, I love books where it's like trope on top of trope on top of trope like give me the trope layering i want the seven layer jello of tropes in a book (laughs) please and thank you which is why i think i i think that's part of why i gravitate towards a lot of the uh, devil wears prada fanfic because it layers a lot it's like age gap plus workplace plus ice queen and then sometimes depending on the scenario there's other things on top of that so I guess for me, yeah, I'm going to say more trope layering. Please. Okay. And thank <laughs> Please you. Please. And thank Give you. Give <laughs> me the celebrity fomance in a small town between a celebrity and a normal girl. So we get the rich girl, poor girl. And yeah. uh, no, that's probably enough. That's a lot of layering. That is a lot. I mean, maybe tsh, we could probably do two or three in books. I think okay. the most I've ever done was like five. Yeah, there's times. So when I review at the Lesbian Review, we have to, we have a review template that we use so that we can mark off like what are all the different tags we want to use. And there are times where I'm like, holy shit, when am I going to be done highlighting tags? There's a lot of stuff <laughs> going on in this book. But you know what? Those are often my favorite actually because it does that. So that's all right. The more the merrier. Yes. Yes. It's, uh, so the, okay, so Rebecca's second question. Oh, okay, two-parter, okay. So that I don't keep talking about tropes, because I could. The second question is, what community call to action would you like more energy invested into? And I'm assuming, without having asked a clarifying question, I am going to assume that this is talking kind of more specifically about the WLW or lesbic or ff romance community if i'm wrong rebecca i apologize but given that you're asking us and given your own handle that's kind of my guess or perhaps we could even expand it to say the queer writing community does that sound like fair fair parameters i think so i think so we'll go with that so what's your call to action well let's face it we have had quite the tumultuous a month Maybe in Lesvik. It's been weird. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally have to like walk away from this mm-hmm. just because there's so much going on. And what I want to see more of and what and the energy that we have that we're putting into protecting ourselves, I'll say that. Maybe we should turn that around and lift each other up more. 
mm-hmm. you know, be better at that and, and, and try to promote positiveness and instead of talking about, I mean, we know, I know people process information differently. It takes time. You know, some of us know ahead of time what's going on. And then you have the layers of people who learn things as they happen. Mm-hmm. And so by the time I get down to like the sixth layer, I'm done with that. I just, I feel like it's just been beat to death and we just need to move on. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what we need to do. I think we need to just kind of get back together to where we were and be positive and uh, happy that we have this community that we can empower one another to do better. And Mm -hmm. um, that's what I think. What about you? So I'm going to approach this as a reviewer. I suppose that's how I approach most things on this podcast. And so I'm going to, I'm going to say, I mean, so I don't, I don't disagree with anything you were saying. I think there are some people who might be a little confused because they're not necessarily up on all the community. Oh yeah. I didn't think about that. And I am going to say to all those people, it's truly okay. You do not need to be up on all the community goings on. The tea. (laughs) Yeah. It was dramatic and some of it was, painful and but yes i would definitely co-sign like let's try to lift each other up and try to be kind to each other as much as possible but my community call to action is actually for all the readers out there a pretty common sentiment that i see from readers is well i can't possibly review a book i don't know how to review anything and i would say that if you have read a book and it made you feel something almost no matter what it made you feel, I would encourage you to go and write a review about it anyway, either on Amazon or Goodreads or wherever you purchase your books from. And you don't have to be a professional book reviewer to put out a perspective because that's really all it is. It's your perspective. And reviews really do help. There's so many people that express profound gratitude for fiction because it helps them feel seen it helps them you know be distracted from how shitty the world can be and all these kinds of things and they feel like you know i feel so much but i can't actually express it and like i promise you i promise you that you can all you need to do is say i liked this book because or i didn't like this aspect of this book because Like, sure, you could just write a line that says, I loved it, and that's fine. But what's actually going to help other readers know whether they're going to connect with a book or not is why you liked it or what worked for you or why you didn't like it and what didn't work for you. And honestly, I would also say, don't be afraid to include critical feedback because that's the kind of feedback that helps people know if a book is going to be for them or not. Yeah, as an author, I do read my reviews. I read Mm -hmm. them because I look for constructive criticism Mm -hmm. and I learn from them. And I have actually used a couple of reviews and I said, you know what, she's right or they are right or whatever. So I do learn from it. And and I don't like it when people say that reviews are only for readers. And I mean, Mm -hmm. A, I am a reader, but B, we as writers learn from reviews. I mean, it is a learning tool for us as well. So if if you have constructive criticism, we will take that into account, I think. I do, at least. Yeah. I think the main reason why 
And some people may disagree. And if you do, I mean, feel free, you know, tweet us, email us at podcast at grillyrecommended.com. But I think the reason why, you know, reviews are for readers get said so often, it's usually said after an author behaves badly based on something uh, that they've read in a review. I mean, I haven't seen this nearly as often in the lesbian community, to be fair, where it is, it's a quite tight knit community. But you see that in mainstream kind of more often where there are examples of authors who send their their fans after reviewers or there's that one story it ended up in the Guardian's ah, fucking the Goodreads bonkers one. yeah how she went to that woman's house <laughs> yes don't fucking do that if i'm sorry but if that's going to be your inclination like i'm going to do that or i'm going to send my million review readers or my million followers after you like perhaps don't read reviews I don't if think anybody here the... has has millions of followers. Chris, you do. <laughs> I, wish. <laughs> I wish. Fine, you will. I wish. So that's I'm and I mean I have seen I have I have recommended to many an author, you included, you completely ignored me. I respect that, but I have What? I have seen many authors in the lesbian community go into kind of a spiral over negative reviews and when they've talked to me about it true i agree and they they weren't they weren't my reviews but like talking about goodreads reviews and the first thing i say to them is like stay off of goodreads because that is clearly not the place for you it is not good for your mental health and it's like people it is okay if somebody doesn't connect with a book and i also actually believe it is okay to write about why you don't connect with a book especially on a place like goodreads and and amazon and like honestly i there are times when i'm trying to decide whether i want to pick up a book or not i mean given that i am a reviewer and i mostly read for a review my time for non-review books is kind of precious actually and so i want to get a sense of like okay am i gonna actually enjoy this like if i'm gonna invest the time and i'll skim through and for the especially for the people i follow and i do look at the critical ones too and there are often times when i look at the critical ones that i'm like oh, you didn't like that aspect? That is exactly my jam. That is where I live. (laughs) That is what I want to read about. Right. (laughs) So I guess, yeah, to go back to the call to action thing, review the books you read, especially if you're reading books from small presses like Bold Strokes and Ilva and Bella and Bywater, where reviews make a huge, huge, huge difference. They help connect readers with more books. They help authors sell more books. It can only be a good thing. Agreed. All right, Chris. What have you been watching or reading lately? Have you had time? You went to Herbapalooza. You're a busy (laughs) person. (laughs) I seriously have been like swamped. It's Mm -hmm. been, I had, you know, I had some edits due. I had a book due and it's been not a whole lot of fun, but also a lot of fun. So (laughs) I know. Yeah. It's all at the same time. So I have been, you know, I'm still watching Killing Eve and The Walking Dead. You know, that's like a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I do. Okay. So I have been watching this show called Good Sam. And okay. there's a tiny bit of queer content. One of the doctors is gay and he proposes to his paramedic husband on the show. Great. I just ruined cute. it for y'all. But it was super cute. The scene was really cute. Here's something I've learned about myself. Mm-hmm. I like shows, television shows, that are on the brink of either exploding into like top 10 territory mm-hmm. or getting canceled. Like there's no in between. <laughs> it's one or the other. And I feel like this is a show that will get canceled. 
I mean, it's a doctor show, a medical show, and it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Sophia Bush p- plays Dr. Sam Griffith. Griffith? Yeah, it's Griffith. Do you know who she is? No. No. Okay. So she has the best voice ever. She has a real gravelly voice. You sit her and yeah, Sophia look her up. Bush. Yeah. Yes, Sophia Bush. You might recognize her. She's been on a couple things. And that's and, and but she's normally a brunette. Nothing I've seen. It looks no. like John Tucker must die. <laughs> yeah. Did yeah, not haven't seen that. No. But did she has the best that. voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Did not watch One Tree Hill. Did not watch the horror movies that she was in. Yes. So she just has a really great voice. And so I like to watch her talk. <laughs> I like to Fair. watch her talk and listen. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching that. And then on the way to Urpapalooza and back, I listened to Hotel Queens by Lee Winter. And I had read the book, but it was one of those where I read a little bit and then mm-hmm. I wrote, did my own thing. And then I went back to it like three weeks later. Mm-hmm. So I was in a car and I could listen to the whole thing. So that was, so I did that. I still think Hotel Queens has one of my favorite, favorite, favorite ever openings. Oh, it's because, great. Oh, my goodness. So the way it sets up <laughs> the two characters. Because I remember when it came out and the author was promoting it and she was talking about it's an ice queen plus a fire queen. And I'm like, what does that even mean? <laughs> and you see the one character who you think she's just firing her cousin. And then you realize, well, no, you don't even know it's her cousin. You think she's just firing this what was he like an accountant or something like that yeah he was in charge of like purchasing yeah yeah Yeah. so you think she's just firing this person it turns out oh no she's called the police oh it's her cousin okay (laughs) this is our ice queen very interesting and then the way the one who is the fire queen this bicycle messenger bumps into her, is a real jackass about it, and so she whips her coffee at him as he speeds away, knocking him off of his bike, and then threatening his whole job was just like sheer perfection. I have never known who two characters are so quickly in any book ever. Right. Yeah, it was a great oh. opening for sure. There's a lot more that I love about the book, but that's for me, like, when I think about that, that's the first thing I think of every time, and it's just, ugh, delicious. Yes. What how about you? The... Oh, sorry. I was just going to ask, how's the narration? Oh, I thought the, I thought Angela Dodd did a great job. I, I didn't even know who it was. Like, I had to stop, and I had mm-hmm. to, like, look to see who the narrator was. So, but I thought she did a fantastic job. I love Angela Daw. So I first discovered her before I discovered, like I discovered anything. <laughs> but the first time I listened to her was before I was even a lesbian reader. And because she reads, I don't know if she's still doing them, but one of Nalini Singh's series. Hmm. I can't remember if it's the Angels one or the Shifter one. Nalini Singh is, um, she's a really popular paranormal romance author and i just remember like oh love 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 so then when they started getting her to do books for ilva i was like yes (laughs) i can listen to this favorite narrator again it was the best all right so what have i been reading and watching yes okay so 
I was saying to Neil last week, as you and I were trying to figure out when are we going to record this next episode? He's like, ooh, everybody's been talking on Twitter about our flag means death. Maybe we should try to watch a couple episodes. And I'm so glad he did. It's super fun. It's have you heard of it? Have you no, seen I'm the looking name, at you right? like, what? What? No. Okay, it's fairly new. I, th- I think it's HBO. I hope I'm right. I could be wrong. I don't know. But it's a pirate show. And it's about this guy who basically decides to leave his family. I'm not totally sure why yet, because I've only watched two episodes, to become a pirate. And he hires a bunch of other pirates. To- and he's their captain. And he's really fucking bad at it. Because he's like, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to pay them a living wage. Maybe then they won't try to beat each other up all the time. Like, just this ridiculous. But Taika Waititi is an executive producer on it. And I've heard that there's a lot of, there are a lot of queer couples in it. There's like four queer couples or something. I don't know who they are yet. I don't know how that goes yet. Yeah, I'm looking I'm looking at the cast right now. Yeah, I just know that the actor who plays Jim and so on the show... Jim kind of appears to be this man who never speaks. And then you kind of see at night as Jim takes away, you know, the hat and the beard and the fake nose. Uh, You know, we're supposed to understand that this is actually a woman who's kind of run away. But the person who plays Jim is a non-binary actor and just fabulous. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know where things are going to go, but I can't wait to see what else is there. And maybe, Chris, if you're looking for another show... Look maybe at that. Maybe so. And then we can watch it. To- we can talk about it together. We can. For once, because our TV tastes don't usually like right. very much. I know. because you watch everything and I only watch RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race, which makes it difficult. Nope. And then I mentioned, I was like, hey, Gentleman Jack 2 is coming out. And you're like, what? <laughs> I Listen, I have heard <laughs> of Gentleman Jack. Mm-hmm. I just have not watched it and so to all the listeners don't come at me hate mail i know i should have watched it by now (laughs) i have watched a lot of gifts of the kissing though all right i've seen a lot of the any that's on the timeline all the time i feel like that's probably enough isn't it well you know i feel like i have to rewatch it because Mm -hmm. i was not in the right frame of mind the first time Mm -hmm. so i appreciated the whole turning to the camera i have i love the whole when they include the audience into mm-hmm. the actual show i've always loved that and i saw i think the first time i saw it was probably in house of cards i saw it oh and that, yeah and, and at first i was i i didn't like it for the first 10 minutes i didn't like it and then yeah. i liked it so then i watched gentleman jack after that and so i was like eh, eh you know and i just mm-hmm. i just i need to give it another chance yeah it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just wasn't as into it as everybody else is. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing that's hard is that that show has such gigantic super fans. I think at this point, I'm almost afraid to watch it because I've had times where people are like, <laughs> you have to watch this. It's the best thing ever. I remember the biggest example of that for me was in high school when Jerry Maguire came out and everybody was talking about how Jerry Maguire was the best movie they'd ever seen. It was so amazing. <laughs> You'll never see anything better. And then I watched it and I was like, I mean, it's a movie. I guess Tom. I mean, it's Tom, Tom Cruise is in well, it. I know, right? Yeah, I never, yeah, I never got I the attraction. No. So yeah, I'm just, I'm afraid that at this point, Gentleman Jack has been so overblown that what if I don't like it? On the other hand, 
I did feel that way about the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. So I could also be wrong. <sighs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. It took you a while and then you like loved it. So I did. Maybe I the- loved it. And I sobbed. Yeah. I was ruined. <laughs> I know. Ruined. I know. I loved it. I love it so much. <laughs> I right. can't recommend that enough. So No, right? We still do. <laughs> Right. In terms of what else I've been reading. So I started recently listening to I did you know that Harvey Firestein has an autobiography? No. So no. it is called I Was Better Last Night. And for anybody that doesn't know, he's a really famously super gay actor. He played Frank and Mrs. Doubtfire. He played <laughs> something that we can't remember offhand in Independence Day. Uh he's the guy that he's talks got that like rascal this. Voice. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's wonderful. (laughs) And I'm probably about an hour into his autobiography. And it's wonderful, too. It's really, really interesting hearing him talk about growing up as this like, fat, queer, Jewish kid in New York. And, you know, recognizing that he was different and wanting to you know, be the witch at Halloween and that kind of thing. Like, it's just, it's a really wonderful autobiography. And he reads it himself for the audiobooks. Wow. I was able to get it from the Calgary Public Library. Perhaps other listeners will be able to get it from their libraries as well. So if you like uh, celebrity autobiographies, I definitely recommend that one. And then to follow up on my previous recommendation, Truth and Measure, I have read the other half. It's called Above All Things. Chris, I have a new favorite book. And it's called Truth and Measure and Above All Things. Like that just, for me, it is absolute perfection. I was so nervous going into reading these because I loved the fanfic so much. And I would read it at least once a year, sometimes two, three times a year. And it was just this like totally consuming. I would put it off sometimes, even when I'd get the itch, because I'd be like, "Mm, but if I start reading it, I'm not going to do anything else for the next three days because it's 300,000 words. And there's so much that I love in it that I was afraid, how can the new fiction possibly hold up? And the thing I'll say for other people who are concerned, because I and I will also say it was really fucking daunting reading this, knowing that nobody else had read it except the people that had worked on it. Or at least if anybody (laughs) else had, I don't know them. I couldn't talk to them. I couldn't go get any opinions, any reassurances. I just dove in and read it. And I will say it kept all the moments, like all, all my favorite parts, all the lines I lingered over whenever I would reread it are there. All the shit I didn't care about is gone. Sorry, Miranda's <laughs> twins. I don't care. <laughs> the Convivian doesn't have kids in this one, and I am good with that. It has been updated because, again, like the fic was written, I think it was like a decade ago almost at this point. And so it needed to be updated, and it was. So the the Andy character, her name is Jules, went instead of going to work at a men's magazine, she goes to work at a different company that just, like, it makes so much sense for now. And there's some new stuff that's been added as well. Because, again, like, when you take out, say, I don't know, one of the lead characters having two kids, you have to change some things, right? right. And the way it's been changed is so... Perfect. Just, it gives like 
more moments to linger over and it even took out there was certain there were certain things i really didn't like and so i would either like skim over them or and one of them in particular was that the andy character was a bit of a doormat at times and there was one p- scene in particular where i found that almost painful to read and i would just like skim that scene as quickly as possible and it's just it's not there it's not there there's oh. nothing to skim i fucking i love all of it i adore it i in fact love it so much i'm never gonna read the fanfic again i'm just going to read this now this is my ultimate comfort read this is like you gotta pry it out of my cold dead hands (laughs) that is just i love it i i know i already did an official recommendation but i just to make sure for other people who are like but what about the other half it's worth it wonderful it's worth it it's perfect yes you have to buy two so it's going to end up being about twenty dollars for me a hundred percent worth it for readers that are not sure about investing that much because i recognize that is a lot of money to invest in one single story so i don't take recommending something like that lightly but i will say that on the ilva website you can actually download the first three chapters for free so i say if you're not sure Go to the website, download the three chapters, and then you'll know pretty well if you like it or not. And if you're still not sure at that point, you can still go read the fanfic on Archive of Our Own, or I think that's the only one it's on. Like, you can still read that, and you'll know. Like, if you read that fanfic and you love it, you will probably love this original fic more. So, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. You're, uh, this sounds like almost another recommend, like, I know. Recommendation. <laughs> Listen, it's a Monday. I can do whatever I want. It's anarchy here. You can. You can. I don't care. Speaking of uh, speak, speaking of recommending things, Chris, what is your yes. official recommendation this week? Okay. A few of my friends told me to watch Inventing Anna on Netflix. And so here's the deal. So mm-hmm. if somebody in my circle recommends something, I just watch it. Like, I don't read about it. I went into this knowing zero about it. I just Ooh. know that. Yeah. I haven't watched and- it, but I've heard a bit about it. And I mean, I've heard Kathleen Madigan talks about it on her podcast. And one of my coworkers is like, I need you to watch this because I find there's something so compelling about that person. And my sister thinks I'm nuts. Yes. Because I said that. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. So here's what I've learned. You're either for her. You either support her in a weird way or you don't. Like, there's no... I mean, can you... Here's a question, and I recognize that first I should let you talk about the show, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. (laughs) Don't you think, though, that it is possible to find a character completely abhorrent, but also entirely compelling? Like, you can't stop watching because there's something so compelling, even though you think everything they're doing is horrible. Yes. That was my beef with my friend, one of my friends who recommended it to me for that. Just she was so intrigued by the mm-hmm. character. Well, let's first of all, let's, yeah, let's what's talk it about, about what's it about? What's it about? OK, so the series info, it was a uh, I think it was like a 10 or eight uh, episode series. It says a journalist investigates the case of Anna Delvey, the Instagram legendary heiress who stole the hearts and money of New York elites. The show is loosely 
based on the story of Anna Sorokin, more commonly known by the alias Anna Delvey, a Russian-born con artist who fooled some of the biggest names in New York into believing she was a European heiress worth millions. And so, so here's the deal. So, like, this is based on a true story. And, mm-hmm. and this whole thing, this whole series was uh, created by Shonda Rhimes. So. Right? She is busy. She Isn't she doing is very Bridgerton, busy. too? She's got so much going on, I can't. Oh, Good yeah, that's her. another thing I'm watching is Bridgerton. I forgot that I, I needed to continue that. So, again, I, I didn't know that this was, like, this was a real, quote, unquote, a true story. Mm-hmm. And it is a true story. So there's no surprise. There's no giveaways. There's no, I'm not spoiling anything. I mm-hmm. literally knew nothing about this. I basically, my friend sent it to me and I said, okay. And I hit play. And the whole time I'm thinking that she really is. Like there's going to be a twist. She really does have money. Oh no. So, so anyway, <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. So the whole time, oh, every dear. episode, I'm like, it's going to happen here. It's going to happen in this episode because we have this journalist is, oh, it's the girl from My Girl. She looks oh, the exact Anna. same. She's bigger, like Chumsley or something. Chumsley? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chumsley? Yes. Something like that. Yeah. So her, she's Vivian and she begs her boss to do the story. Like, hey, I heard about this person. She scammed a bunch of people, a bunch of banks, a bunch of like really rich people out of their money. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I think that there's a big story here and I want to cover it. And her boss is like, no. And she's like, no, I really want to do this. And he's like, no. So she goes to like the main boss and like there's a huge fight. I want to do this. You need to let me know. Blah, blah, blah. So big fight. She ends up getting two weeks. The boss gives her two weeks to write the story. And she's like super pregnant. Like and like her coworkers are all looking at her like, okay, we have maybe what? three weeks really to, to mm-hmm. write to, to investigate this it was really interesting because she becomes so obsessed with the truth she really wants to find out true you know like is this person really wealthy how did this 25 year old mm-hmm. dupe so many people and yeah so she becomes obsessed even after she has the baby she's still working on the story i mean it's just it just goes it's just wow it blows my mind yeah and I just, at the, like, so Laverne Cox has a huge role in this. Mm. And she actually plays Casey Duke, who is one of Anna's closest, I use quote, nobody can see. I'm doing the air quote. Mm-hmm. The closest friends of Anna. And so when Anna goes under, goes under, when she actually gets arrested and gets charged with all these crimes, she's the one that's like, we really need to, you know, have a support group for Anna. We need to go visit. Oh, and like the whole thing, like there, there's like a, gr- a core group of them. They had like an intervention. We think you need to pay our other friend. You duped her out of $62,000. You need to pay this back. I mean, the whole thing is just like, like how she did mm-hmm. this and why people mm-hmm. were giving her money. You know, it's almost like the Tinder swindler, you know? When, oh, yeah. When like, hey, I've got these guys. They want 10 grand or whatever. Send me yeah. money as soon as possible. They're going to kill me. Right. So that's kind of what Anna did. So the whole thing is just completely unbelievable. Like how, how this 20, 25 year old woman comes in and just like, like climbs mm-hmm. like the ladder, the social ladder and just takes everybody for everything. And it's just, and she has no regrets. And like, there's, she's out of jail already. Like in real life, she's out of jail. Oh my goodness. <laughs> like the whole thing. It's, it's one of those where it's just, it was just unbelievable. It was, un- it really is truly unbelievable show. 
So if you like things like 2020 or true crime, but with a little mm-hmm. twist, yeah, then this is for you, for sure. I got also, watch it. I yeah, you do. That, and re- I told that coworker that I would. I just haven't <laughs> yet. I just haven't. I'm too busy. You haven't talked about games lately, but hang on. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. also worth mentioning is that Rebecca Henderson plays the assistant district attorney who's prosecuting Anna. Mm. So there is a lot of queer rep in this movie or in this series. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so like I said. If you like, if you like tr- just getting down to it and finding out truth about things and that actually has a resolution and doesn't have more seasons, and maybe it does. Yeah. But yeah, it, it, it wraps it up. You have closure at the end. And I'm still like, what the hell? She's really not? I mean, the reporter goes overseas or goes to, I think it goes to Russia. It's either Russia or Germany to try to, uh, yeah, oh like goodness. becomes that obsessed about finding out the truth. And, like, the whole time I was like, please let this be true. Because if this is true, then she's not that big of an asshole. But she really is that big of an asshole. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, that, yeah. that's the thing. Like, people like that do exist. Yeah, they do. It's horrible. So, well, isn't that anyway. Bad Vegan is kind of like that, too? That's another documentary. I haven't seen it yet, though. It is. But I, I was, like, back-to-back with documentaries. Like, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, I got to take a break. Because yeah, fair. I need Happy Fluffy after all this heavy stuff. Mm-hmm. So... Fair. What about you? What about your official recommendation this week? Okay, so do you remember how when we were recording the last episode, I said, okay, I thought I was going to recommend something, but guess what? Joke's on me because I'm going to recommend something totally different. Yes. I am back with that thing that I was going to recommend last time because yes. <laughs> I still <Yay>. recommend it. <laughs> so my official recommendation is a romance called Delilah Green Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake. The main character is Delilah Green, unsurprisingly, from the title. Uh, <laughs> so she grew up in a small town in Oregon and could not wait to get the hell out of there because her dad died when she was trying to remember anyway not very old i think maybe 10 or so so she was stuck with her stepmother and her stepsister because her mom died when she was quite young and her stepmother made no secret of the fact that she didn't particularly want to raise her and she just felt like her stepsister was always really stuck up and she and her friends would like not include her in anything and so she's like you know what fuck you all i'm going to new york city And she is working on becoming a photographer full time. But, you know, New York is not exactly the cheapest place to live. Uh, Photographer, unless you make it really big, it's kind of hard to live off of that. So she's still working kind of odd jobs. And after being cheated on a couple of years prior, she doesn't do relationships anymore. She just does like one night stands or sex for fun and no big deal. (laughs) But her strange stepsister Astrid is getting married. And wants Delilah to be the photographer for it and offers a five-figure paycheck, Mm. which Delilah is not going to turn down because that will actually help, you know, pay some bills for a few months. And so she's like, you know what? Fine. Fine. I'll go. I'll do. I'll be there for a few weeks for all the wedding festivities. No big deal. And then she sees one of Astrid's best friends, Claire, who is much more beautiful than she remembers and Astrid's like you would never you would never get a chance and she's like I bet you I will and (laughs) right and now Claire on the other hand so she's they're all probably I think they're about 27 28 
And Claire has an 11-year-old daughter that she's raising pretty much on her own because her ex is super unreliable and he kind of drifts in and out of their lives. She's running the local bookstore, having taken over from her mom. And so she's like, she is busy. She doesn't have time for surprises. But being attracted to Delilah Green is a very big surprise. You know, they've known each other, but they've never actually known each other. And Delilah decides to put the full charm assault on because... She told Astrid that she could get Claire into bed <laughs> and they're thrown together for a lot of the, the wedding stuff. But Delilah starts to actually genuinely kind of care about her. And so it's kind of this, OK, well, where do they go from there? Because they live in different cities. Claire has a very full life and Delilah doesn't want a relationship anyway. Right. I really enjoyed this one. There's some really special things that happen. It is more of a rom-com. It's quite funny at times. And there's some lines that are pretty hilarious. Like at one point, Delilah says to Claire, let the record state that I'm gallant as shit. And Claire's like, oh, yes, I feel very wooed. And so like I <laughs> I was feeling the rom-com vibes that was working well for me. But I really liked Delilah and her arc. And of course, the title, Delilah Green Doesn't Care, is about how, you know, she's had to put up all these walls. That's how she survives is being tough and not caring. And what we see in her journey is that she realizes that Yes, she does care. She actually cares very, very much. She's never found, you know, since losing her dad, she's never really found her home. She's never really found her people. You know, she learns that perhaps, like, her stepmother is still a fucking bitch. Like, I'm not going to, like, no, she's still terrible. But, like, perhaps she wasn't totally right about Astrid. And maybe she wasn't totally right about Astrid's friends. And maybe if she can open herself up, you know, there can be more to life and things can be pretty wonderful. And, you know, the way she connects with Claire's daughter is so sweet and really, really lovely. Because she takes Ruby seriously, I think, in a way that, you know, most adults don't because they just see this like 11 year old kid and Ruby's interested in photography, too. And, you know, she kind of mentors her a little bit and it's really adorable. I like Claire as well. Like, she's so used to being responsible. She's always had to be the responsible one because her ex was never the responsible one. And then we see what we see with him, because he is a part of the story, is he's like, no, I'm ready to show up. And it's like, well, OK, how does she deal with that? Can she oh, trust it? Oh, yeah. Can she meet him halfway for it? So, yes, I very much enjoy this book. If you're looking for something that's kind of lighthearted, but still has, you know, I would say like some kind of serious emotional issues going on, which... I don't think it makes it angsty or heavy. Like it just makes it, it just gives it more substance. Like it, yeah. it makes it, it a little good. bit meatier. It's so good. And there's actually a follow up. Astrid is getting her own book. <gasps> I know. And I think I'm pretty sure she falls for a girl. Ah. Cause her fiance <laughs> ah, in this one there it is. is a dude. That dude is a shithead, unfortunately. That book is called Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail, and it comes out in November. Oh, it's the end of the year. So it's about a year later. So we get to see her as she's like gotten past the bullshit of her breakup. And I'm really curious to see what is up with Delilah and Claire, because I'm sure we'll be able to catch up with them. Look at that. Well, it um, sounds really interesting. It's a good one. It's, uh, I might, I see that there's an audiobook for it. I might, oh, um, yeah. even though I enjoy it already, I might still try to find the audio and 
see if I like that too. Because so I know some people that if they've read a book, they can't listen to the audiobook. That's not true. For me, it's like I get to revisit a story that I love mm-hmm. with a new perspective because I get to hear people do the voices. Isn't it nice when people do the voices? I think so. <laughs> I like it. And when they're consistent with the voices. So here's so I'm slowly, slowly becoming mm-hmm. an audiobook listener. It's well, very just keep, slow. Just keep driving, driving. across the country. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I have to do. I have to <laughs> had to keep driving on these trips and I will just mm-hmm. listen to books as I go because really that's the only time I listen to them mm-hmm. or when I, even when I go on a walk I have music in mm-hmm. like one of my friends listens to audiobooks and that's how she gets her exercise and stuff and but I'm like I just I gotta have music to get me to move so I can't mm-hmm. do audiobooks it can only be in the car I have to be mm-hmm. trapped in a car Mm-hmm. But maybe maybe I'll expand that, you know, because I am liking what I'm hearing. So I should probably expand that. Oh, yeah. Do you like Abby Creighton? I do. I think everybody does, right? No. This is what? the surprising. I know. Stop. See, I love her. And I think she is one of the best narrators going in Lesfic because she differentiates the voices so well. Because there are other narrators that, like, I might enjoy them, but... The way the the voices like the way the voices are performed doesn't feel particularly distinct, and that's just not like Abby Creighton. It's always distinct. So she narrates both of Melana Mackay's books. So she did the Headmistress, mm-hmm. and now I'm listening to the Delicate Things We Make. I wasn't going to talk about it because I have a feeling it's going to be an official recommendation at some point. So good. I actually downloaded three books yeah. for the trip. I did. So I got two more that I'm going to listen to uh, whenever I drive for more than an hour. So we'll have to talk about that. I'm looking to see which ones. Oh, Anyone But Her by Erica Lee. And then When You Least Expect It. And I know that that one by Haley Cass is oh, a pretty long book, I, I think. Is I that haven't right? read any Haley Cass yet, but I will at some point because I've heard really, really good things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I figured the way I I figured it, I would listen to like one on the way there and then on the way back, but I ended up having my own concert, like, (laughs) like I was singing for two and Uh a half hours. So, because I don't get to do that very often. So I was two and a half hours. I was in a concert. I did a pretty good job. And then I started uh, Hotel Queen. (laughs) So then on the way back, like I had that concert Uh again. And then I listened, I finished it up. But did you get a standing ovation at your concert? Yes, I did. <laughs> I did. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, it's funny because I have so much energy on the way out there. And then on the way back, I actually pulled into a rest stop and slept for mm-hmm. 40 minutes. Like that never happens. I was so tired on the way back. I was yeah, exhausted. you are just on fumes after being on yes. the whole. I know. Week. You met Tim. You sold a book to Tim Rozon. I did. I did. I sold a book. And then I had to be at the table the whole time. I couldn't leave. Mm. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that was, that was hard to always be on. And like, so I'd yeah. have like a big breakfast and not eat the rest of the day. Actually, who is it? Lorne, Lorna Dune. She kept me busy. She kept me fed. The cookies. Uh, you know, the cookies. Lorna Dune. Cookies. So good. They're very so good. good. <laughs> All right. We're getting slap happy. You know what time it is. It's time to That's wind it. this up. 
We're done. That's yes. all for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us yet again. If you've enjoyed the show and you haven't hit that subscribe button, please make sure you do wherever you listen to podcasts. So you'll get notified whenever we release a new episode. Again, like I said earlier, if you have a friend who you think would like the show, please tell them about it. Or if you feel so inclined to support us through Kofi, there is that link in the show notes. Not necessary. Always appreciated. Yeah. And if you want to connect with us on your favorite social media sites, just search for Curly Recommended on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or you can email us at podcast at curlyrecommended.com. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend the best in... Fuck, I'm out of breath already. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I feel like I have to yell, and I don't need to yell. I need to be cool and calm. Hang on. Well, you don't need to yell. You just got to bring a little bit of energy. But, you know, me, I'm zero or 100. There's no, like, 42. (laughs) 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 Okay, it's pure sugar. That's probably why. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Deep breath. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Queerly Recommended, the podcast where we recommend the best in queer TV. See, I'm doing it again. <sighs> Maybe you should do that. <laughs> Would you like me to do the opening? Yes, please, because I can't. <laughs> it's I drove for ten hours. <laughs> I look forward to all of this in the in the outtake. <laughs> Please take it away from me. me. (sighs) Okay. Oh, okay. I thought you were. God (laughs) damn it. (laughs) You were doing that pause. I thought you were waiting for me. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have this like stoic look on your face. I'm like, oh shit, that's me. (laughs) I was counting in my head. I'm an idiot. Okay, I'm sorry. Oh, shit. All right. Okay. Try this again. Mm -hmm.